Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. This morning as we look at the life of Abraham and we take a look into this passage that is here in Hebrews chapter number 11, we see that this passage begins with discussing the calling of God. In verse number 8, if you still have your Bibles open there, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called. Every single one of us this morning has a calling. Our journey of faith begins with a calling. The calling of Jesus Christ who says, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. There is a calling out to every single lost soul that there is a Savior that came to this earth to die for their sins, that they could have their sins to be forgiven, that they could have a relationship to be restored, that they could have a home in heaven, so that they could be changed from darkness to light, from death to life. That is the calling of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that goes out to every single one. Every single person has that calling, uh, that God is calling out to them for them to be saved. And praise the Lord for that, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the beginning of Christian life where every single individual begins with the spiritual birth, to be born again. After you are saved, you continue to receive callings from God. We have some things that we might call general callings, which is a calling that applies to either everybody or everybody in a particular situation. For instance, I as a husband, I have a calling that every other husband has. I have a calling that I should love my wife even as Christ also loved the church. That's my calling. And every single husband here has that same calling. Every single wife has the same calling. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. That is your calling. If you are a wife, that is your calling. As a church member, your calling is to serve together, to edify one another. Every single one of us has what we might call general callings. Does that make sense? That if you're in a particular situation as a, either a husband or a wife, you're a church member, if you work at a workplace, you have a calling that God says if you're in this situation, it applies to everybody in that situation. And then we would have what we might call, you know, wh- when people usually talk about callings, it's usually what they're talking about is a specific calling, right? My calling is to be in full-time ministry, right? That's my calling to be a preacher, to labor here at a church and wherever God would move me, that's a specific calling for me that doesn't apply to everybody else. And so that's my calling. I have that calling and I know that that is my calling, uh, but that's not the calling for every single other individual. But every single person has a general calling, regardless of where you are, but you also have a specific calling. I think that's what many believers are for. What is my calling? What is my place? And, and if you're in that situation and you say, I don't really know where God wants me to go. 
for me, as, as somebody who I know what my calling is, I, I, I have a plan. I don't know what God's future is for me, but I could say, you know what? My plan is for the next five years to be a ministry here at Bible Baptist Church. And for the next 10 years, I might have some uh, plans and things like that. But you might say, well, I don't know what my specific calling is. I don't know where I'm supposed to serve in, a, in the church. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Let me encourage you to begin by focusing in on the general callings that you know straight from God's word. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. If you're a family member, you're, there, there's some callings there. As a parent, as a child, you have some callings. As a husband, as a wife, you have some callings. Focus in on those. Spend some time there. You're here at a wonderful church. Spend some time thinking about, all right, I'm here as a member of Bible Baptist Church, those of you that are members, and thinking, you know what? I'm a member. I have a purpose here. I have a place of service. I, I have a place of ministry, and I, I need to get involved somewhere. And, and let me encourage you to do that. And we see with Abraham that he, he knew what his calling was, and God had given him his calling, and, and that calling led him to a strange place. That's what verse number 8 is talking about, that he sojourned in, in a strange country. He went into a, a place that he never expected that he would be. Abraham never expected that he would have to leave his country. He never expected that he would have to leave to a new place. And, and uh, when you follow the calling of God, it might lead you to some places that are unexpected, to some places that you might not have planned to be in. You know, we're praying for Brother Jimmy and for his family, and uh, they've been in Japan now for uh, about two months or so, and uh, we're praying for him, and I trust that you're praying for him, and, and uh, maybe uh, some of you have even uh, reached out and communicated with him and asked him how things are going and, and uh, let him know, hey, we're praying for you, and I'm sure that's a great encouragement to him, but I'm sure if you asked him 10 years ago, where do you expect to be, he would not have told you, well, I expect to be in Japan in 10 years. That was not his plan, but as he followed the calling of God, it, it drew him out to a place that maybe he didn't expect. Abraham's calling also affected those around him. The names of Isaac and Jacob are mentioned there in verse number 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. That word tabernacle just means a tent. Abraham was living in a tent. Isaac was living in a tent. Jacob was living in a tent. You know why Isaac was living in a tent? He was living in a tent because his dad, Abraham, followed the calling of God. And it affected where he was born. It affected how he lived. The same could be said of Jacob as well. And it affected those around him. But I want to see this morning that everyone who follows the calling of God will receive a reward. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Everyone who responds to the calling of God receives a prize, a reward. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a, what's the next word? What's the next word? Rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. God wants to give you a prize that comes along 
with his calling. And we know that every single little deed, every action, every act of service done for the Lord will be rewarded. Matthew chapter 10, verse 42 says, And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. God is a perfect accountant. He keeps track of every single deed that is done. And he doesn't miss anything. And he rewards everything done for him. And he rewards greatly in Luke chapter 19, verse number 17. And he said unto him, here is a servant that was given a, a set amount of, uh, of gold, of, of wealth, of, of uh, money. He said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Here is a man who was uh, entrusted with a set amount of money. And he, and he grew the money to be ten times in the absence of his master. And his master had gone away and given him some responsibilities. And he took it and he invested it. And he built it up and he used it well. And, and he had grown that investment to ten times. And, and uh, the master returns. The Lord returns. And, and he, he asked him, what did you do with the responsibility that I gave to you, that I entrusted to you? And, and he said, well, here is what I did. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. He says, it's a very little thing. It's not a lot. But because you were faithful, I'm going to reward you greatly. We know that God, he is bringing his full ultimate reward when he returns. Revelation chapter 22, the last book of the Bible, the last chapter of the Bible Almost at the very end, the last verse, almost the last verse of the Bible. And behold, this is Jesus speaking, I come quickly. Jesus is coming again. And he's coming again soon. I come quickly. And my reward is with me. Jesus is coming again and he's bringing a reward to give every man according as his work shall be. Do you believe? That God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's what enlarging your tent is all about. Enlarging our tent is all about living by faith. It's all about trusting God at his word, knowing that he is a rewarder. And I want to see this morning three things that God is a better rewarder than. That God rewards better than these three things. First of all, I see that God rewards better than your present. Than your right now. Than the things and the situation and the place that you have right now. Uh, verse number 8 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out, he was told to leave. He was told he lived in a country and he was told to leave to a different place. Enlarging our tent sometimes means that we got to leave some things behind. In Genesis chapter number 12, verse number 1, we see God's recording of this calling and Abram's response. His name here is Abram. God changes his name later to Abraham. But at this point in time, his name is Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, 
and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Here is God's calling to Abram. He says, I want you to get out. I want you to leave. I want you to leave some things behind. I want you to leave your country, the land, the place where you live, wherever it is that he was. You leave that behind. Leave your country behind. Leave the land behind. Leave the kindred behind. Leave your extended relatives. You got to leave them behind. And from thy father's house, leave them behind. You can imagine how difficult that would have been for Abram. He was probably born there, raised there, lived there his whole entire life. All of his family would have been there. His father was there. His relatives were there. His in-laws were there. His cousins were there. And, and his immediate family, everybody was all there. And God's calling was that they have to leave it behind. It must have been quite a difficult thing. But God, in his calling, sometimes calls for us to leave some things behind. Sometimes we got to leave some things behind. Luke chapter 9, verse number 62 says, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, it's tempting to look back at those things that I used to have. It's tempting to look back at where I used to be and what I used to have and all of these different things, but what you see is that the disciples, when they were called by Jesus Christ, they left it behind. Levi, in Luke chapter 5, he says, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi. This is also Matthew. Matthew, also named Levi, sitting at the receipt of customs, and he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up and followed him. Luke chapter 5, verse number 11, this is speaking of Peter and Andrew. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They left behind some things. When you consider Matthew and Levi, he was sitting at the receipt of customs. He was a tax collector. That was his job. And so he was there and Jesus saw him and he says, follow me, and he left it all behind. He was leaving a job behind. He was leaving a career behind. He was leaving some security behind. The same would be said true of James and John and, and Peter and Andrew. They were fishermen, and God called them, and they left the boats behind. They left the nets behind. It says that James and John, they were mending their nets with their father, and they left their father behind. They left behind all of these things. And, and sometimes it's a difficult thing for us to leave behind some things, isn't it? To leave behind the things that we have right now. And, and God would say, I know that you have this, but I want you to leave it behind. We say, oh no, but I feel safe and secure with this. Peter and Andrew, James and John, Levi, they all had to leave a job behind. And, and that must have been so difficult for them thinking about, you know what, uh, there's some security that is here. There, there is something that, that I, I know and I'm familiar with and I'm comfortable with. But enlarging our tent means sometimes we got to leave 
some things behind. Mark chapter 10, verse number 28 says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, and have followed thee. So here is Peter. He asks the question, Jesus, we left it all behind. What's our reward? Peter is saying, I left behind my boats. I left behind some possessions. I left behind a career. I left behind so many things. I have left it all. What is my reward? Verse number 29, Jesus says, I'll tell you what your reward is. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, 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 I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions, and in the land to come, eternal life. You know what Jesus is saying? Is He's saying, that, that thing that you thought that you left behind, I'm going to reward you better than anything that you left behind. Right? Isn't that what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, Peter is saying, we left everything behind. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to reward you even better than the things that you left behind. Here is the calling of God again, Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. So you remember what, what Abraham was called to leave, right? What was he called to leave? He was called to leave first his country, right? Abraham was probably a fairly wealthy man, I would say, right? I mean, we know later in the Bible he was very wealthy, but even when he left, I'm sure he was quite wealthy, had many possessions. He probably owned land. He probably owned some possessions, maybe had some business ventures. He was quite wealthy and he was called to leave his country. How did God reward Abraham for leaving that behind? Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. This is not the verse that I'm looking for. But we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Because he was told to leave his, his family behind. It says, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. He says, I don't have any children. All of my possessions, everything I own will go to my servant. Because I don't have any kids. To Eliezer. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars that thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it him for righteousness. God gave to him a new family member in the son Isaac. 
but he was also told to leave his country behind. When you think about the nation of Israel, what, what portion of land are you thinking of? Right? When you picture Israel, the, the promised land, many of you are probably considering and thinking about, here's the Mediterranean Sea on the one side, the Jordan River on the other side, and maybe you've got the Sinai Peninsula down below, and there's some nations to the north, and, and they have a very small section of land, right? Right? That's what you're thinking of in Israel, right? Is it, that's, what you're think, that's what you're picturing, but... You know the promise that God gave to, is, uh, to Abraham regarding the promised land is not just that section. It's bigger than that. God, when he gave the promise to Abram, didn't say, I'll give you from the Mediterranean Sea to the Jordan River. He didn't say that. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to give you a land that begins in the river in Egypt. What is that river? What is that river? The Nile River. He says, I'm going to give you a land that starts at the Nile River and goes to the Euphrates River. You know where the Euphrates River is? It starts in the Persian Gulf and goes northwest. We think about this tiny little section that, 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 that we call maybe Israel today, but you know what Abram was promised? He wasn't just promised that section. He was promised the Sinai Peninsula. He was promised the land west of that to the Nile River, going north all the way up to the Euphrates River. I mean, they haven't even gotten a, a, a fraction of the promised land yet. And God rewarded him so much greater than he left behind, right? What did Abram leave behind? A house, maybe? Right? Maybe he had a lot of land with a warehouse, but you know what God rewarded him with? He gave him, here's your promised land, from the Nile River to the Euphrates River. That's a pretty good reward. Amen? Right? That's a pretty good compensation. And that's how God rewarded Abram. And you know the, the, the command of Jesus Christ is, don't look back. There's some things that maybe you felt like you left behind. Don't look back. Keep looking forward towards the return. In Luke chapter 17, there's this passage that deals with Lot and in Lot's day. And there's a verse in there that says, remember Lot's wife. Do you remember what happened to Lot's wife? Remember Lot went with Abram, that's his uncle. They went to the promised land. They began to be so wealthy that the both of them couldn't fit in the land together. So, so Abram said to Lot, we can't stay together. It's causing too much conflict. You go one direction. Whatever you pick, I'll go the other way. And Lot lifted up his eyes to the plains of Jordan. And he says, I want that. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then he was in Sodom. And he had established himself in Sodom. And God sent some angels into Sodom to warn Lot. And he says, you need to get out. Get out. And so he left his wife, his two daughters, and they started running. The destruction was coming, and guess what happened? Lot's wife behind him did what? Looked back. 
She looked back at the life that she had before. She looked back at the possessions she had before. She looked back at all of those things that were before. And, and even it says of Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 15, and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Right? If, if they had spent time thinking about the place that they had come from, they may have thought about, you know what, I want to go back. I, maybe I shouldn't have left. Maybe I should go back to do all of these things. But remember that God always rewards better than what it is that we have right now. You know, we can only hold one thing in our hands at any one time, right? We can only just hold on to one thing. But God wants to give us a better thing. God wants us to give us a better thing. So you know what we have to do is we have to let go of the present thing in order to receive the better thing. In order to receive the better reward. And when we receive the calling of God, it, it might be a little bit tempting to think about, well, I'm, I'm leaving behind something. I'm leaving behind a, a job. I'm leaving behind a friendship. I'm leaving behind a, a family mem member. I'm leaving behind some, some things that I have. But God always rewards better. George Mueller put it this way, Our Heavenly Father never takes anything from his children unless he means to give something better. I remember the first time that I did one of these rock climbing things and I went into uh, I went into one of these indoor rock climbing areas and uh, some of you might be familiar with this but uh, you know I'd never been rock climbing before and so you know you go in and they they give you a little harness and then they they tie you know like a little rope to the thing and then you know uh, they uh, they do what they do. I, I don't know what I'm doing, and so I, I just go, and so they're, they're, they're describing all of these things. These are the things that you need to do, and, and they're describing, all right, these are the colors that you're looking for, so, you know, focus in on these things. And, and I remember one of the things that, uh, that they said was, uh, when you're rock climbing, don't look down, all right? Don't look down. Just look up, all right? And uh, I was like, okay, uh, Sure, okay, all right, I'll do that. I didn't really ask why. But uh, I started, and uh, you know, when you stand at the bottom and you look up, it doesn't look that far up, does it? But when you get up there and you look down, it looks really far away. <laughs> and when, when you're on the wall, there's a split moment in my mind when I was up there that I was thinking, man, it'd be really nice if I could just be on that nice, solid, secure ground down there. <laughs> you know, just be safe. Just be secure. Just be comfortable. Just to be knowing, you know what? Uh, I'm not going up, but I I'm safe here. I'm secure. I'm comfortable here. But the calling of God requires us to get up on that wall and to start climbing. Knowing that there is a reward there at the top. And, and God says, don't look down. Don't look back. Just keep on looking up. God rewards better than your present. We also see that God rewards better than your possibilities. In verse number 8, we see that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, afterward 
uh, into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Again, I, I, I mentioned the, the actual land that was promised to Abraham. It's in Genesis chapter number 15, and it, it stretches from the river of Egypt unto the river Euphrates. It's, it's a pretty big piece of land. But if you consider what Abraham had in mind for himself and for his business ventures, he never would have imagined a reward that great, would he? Right? He never would have imagined that his reward would stretch from the Nile River to the Euphrates River. He never could have imagined that he would receive anything so great, would he have? I mean, his mind couldn't have even stretched that large. God rewards better than our possibilities. I think every single one of us is probably thinking about our future in some way, shape, and form, right? Those of you that are maybe younger, either you're in school or you're just out of school, you're considering, oh, what kind of job I could get, or, you know, I'm looking for a promotion, I'm hoping to make this much money. You're considering all of the possibilities, amen? Maybe you're, wherever it is that you are, you're thinking about some investments that you could make and you want to make and growing the investment and how much you would be able to grow and to build. But, but God's calling comes with a reward that is better than any investment that you could make with your resources. You know, I'm reminded of a story in 1 Kings chapter number 10. There's a, there's a woman, there's the queen of Sheba. And it says in verse number one, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions, right? Solomon was supposedly, at least in her mind, the wisest man in the world. And, and she was thinking, he can't possibly be as wise as everybody says. I mean, they're probably, you know, hyping it up a little bit. And so she goes and, and she's, she's thinking about all of the hardest riddles and questions and problems she can come up with. And in verse number two, it says, And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices, and very much gold, and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And so she's very open about it. She comes and she's very honest and open and gives all of the questions. And and Solomon likewise is very open and and it says in verse 4, And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the, and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. I mean, just the way that he went into the house of God, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it, and behold, the half was not told me. You know what she was saying? She said, I heard about all of these things, but I didn't believe it until I saw it. And then I saw it, and I realized I didn't even hear the half of it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, But it, as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, 
Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. God has a much better reward than any possibility that you could come up. Any better than your best plans, God has a better reward. And usually the next question that I think people think about is, well, what is the reward? You know the answer to that? I don't know. That's why we need to have faith. It's like a parent that's got a, a great old big toy for the kid. And the kid's playing with some old ratty thing. And, and of course, it, you know, the, the child loves the toy. And, but, you know, it's a little old. And the parent wants to give something better and says, hey, will you give me that toy? I got something better for you. And the kid is looking up. Kid doesn't know what the parent has, doesn't know what's behind the back, and isn't really sure, but if she's willing to give it up, guess what? The parent's willing to give the child something so much better. And it's tempting to think, well, God, show me what it is that you have first, and then I'll decide whether to give these things up, right? But enlarging our tent is all about faith. God rewards so much better than our possibilities. Think about the life of Joseph. You know, Joseph was the 11th of 12 brothers. All right? I have one older brother. I cannot imagine having 10 older brothers. I cannot imagine what it would have been like for Joseph. Not only did he have 10 older brothers, he was clearly favored by the father, which made his 10 older brothers hate him even more. So imagine Joseph's possibilities and thinking about he's not the firstborn. He's not going to get the inheritance. He's not going to get all of these things. He's the 11th. He's going to get the scraps at the very end. What, what could he possibly receive? You know what God gave him, though? He gave him the second most powerful position in the world. And he gave to him this land of Goshen. He said, I, family, I got this land of Goshen that you can be in. And, and imagine Joseph as a young man asking him, what do you think, what is the best case scenario for your life? He never would have come up with that. Imagine David. David, he was a, he was a youngest brother. He was a shepherd boy just out in, the, out in the fields, dirty, having to sleep out there all night. And it's not a nice job, not a nice position. But God made him a king. Think about Peter. Peter was a fisherman. I know some of you enjoy recreational fishing, but I think fishing as a job is a little bit different. I can't imagine that, that Peter's just, you know, waking up early, kind of whistling himself, just kind of casting out there. I don't think that that's what Peter was doing, right? I think it was hard work trying to sustain his family and and uh, we, we know that, you know, when they would fish, when would they fish? Often, uh, maybe all of the time, they would fish at night, right? Because Peter said that one time, we have fish all night, right? So they would fish all night. You ever work all night? It's not, it's, it's, it's not a great thing, right? Having to work all night and then sleep during the day and then wake up and then go back to work at night. And, and uh, it sustained his family, is probably like a family 
thing. James and John, their father was a fisherman. They were fishermen. I imagine that Simon and Andrew, their dad was a fisherman. And, and he's probably thinking, this is just what I'll do until I die. And then you read the book of Acts, and, and you see where Peter went. He preached, and on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people get saved. And then you read in, in his epistle in 1 Peter that, that he went out to Babylon, that he was preaching the gospel in Babylon. I mean, he had a, a, an amazing life, much better than the one that he could have imagined for himself. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Why should we enlarge our tent? Why should we step out by faith? Because God is a better rewarder. Thirdly, I see that God rewards better than our perishables. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 9, we see, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a country dwelling in tabernacles. With Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So we established that Abraham, he lived in a tent. He lived in something very temporary. And he was looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Verse 16 says, but now they desire a better country that is an heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. It's easy to forget that everything that we have, will have on earth is temporary. We're going to leave it all behind. You say, God, yeah, maybe there's somebody here who's thinking in their minds, God, I hear what you're saying, but I got a pretty good life. I got a lot of money. I get to enjoy a lot of things. I have every pleasure that I want to have. And, and all of these things, I have everything in this life. Maybe there's somebody here who's got it all. God wants to remind you, you're going to leave it all behind. You're going to leave it all behind. And so we, somebody might say, well, I'm giving up this thing. But what could be better than this? God says something eternal. There's a missionary whose name was uh, Jim Elliott. Some of you have heard of him. He was a missionary to some, uh, some tribes down in uh, South America and was killed trying to reach them. And he said, he is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep in order to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep. You can't keep it anyway. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt or where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, 
there will your heart be also. God has a calling for every believer to enlarge your tent, to take a step of faith. And God, to help us, to encourage us to take that step, is offering us a reward that's better than your present. It's better than your possibilities. And it's better than your perishables. Anything that you have, God will reward you better. So that's why God encourages each and every one of us, hey, let's live by faith.